Panning the Globe to bring you the latest in Disney news. This is Mouse Planet Watch. Welcome to Mouse Planet Watch for September 13th. And now, the news. We start off Mouse Planet Watch, as always, with the Walt Disney World update. Walt Disney World has, or actually the Walt Disney Company, has filed a patent application for an enhancement to their existing FastPass patent. It's got a number of interesting variations and permutations. And for more information, you can check out Monday's Park Update or yesterday's Mouse Station podcast, where we discussed it in excruciating detail. Walt Disney World is looking for a few good moms. Continuing their push into the online world, Walt Disney World is looking for 12 panelists to act as online experts in discussion forums that it is creating. So they're getting into our space a little bit here. And uh, while Disney is portraying the panel as moms, even calling the panelist search site DisneyWorldMoms.com, the search is actually open to all applicants, male or female, who are at least 18 years of age and who meet other qualifying criteria, such as having visited Walt Disney World within the last year and not working for Disney or any affiliates or any competing entities in the Walt Disney World area. The forums are designed to be a planning resource for people, and the 12 finalists will be selected to serve on the online Walt Disney World Moms panel. In preparation for the launch of the forums in January, the winners are going to get a six-day, five-night vacation to Walt Disney World for themselves and three other guests, and they must include the days of December 8th through 12th. To apply for the mom positions, go to the DisneyWorldMoms.com site and fill out three essays. Uh, They've each got to be 100 words or less. One about you, one about your family, and one about why you should be an advisor on all there is to see and do at Walt Disney World Resort. Your application's got to be received by October 5th, and if you're selected as a finalist, you'll be notified by November 2nd. The full announcement and the ongoing discussion about the panel is occurring on our Mousepad discussion forums. We'll link to those, as well as the DisneyWorldMoms.com site in the show notes. So, what do you think, Mike? Do you want to sign up to be a Disney World mom? You don't have any kids, which may make it a little harder, but they are looking for really just about anybody who provides advice. As a matter of fact... I would probably throw my name in there just for the heck of it if it weren't for the fact that I'm disqualified because through my working with our advertisers on Mass Planet, I work with other hotels in the Walt Disney World area, which therefore disqualifies me. Oh, you know, I'm looking. They originally had a cap on applications of 5,000, and they are now raising that cap on applications to 10,000. I have a feeling that they're going to blow through that even since we are only about a week into the one-month application period and they've already increased the cap. So you may need to get your application in well before October 5th. So you probably don't want to wait. Get out to DisneyWorldMoms.com and fill out your application. Sorry, Mike. What, What do you think of this whole idea? 
I think it's I think it's kind of cool. Although I don't know if Disney needs to be getting into online communities. Well, I think that Disney is looking to control as much as possible of the message about visiting Walt Disney World. And while they do appreciate some of the perspectives that are provided by outside organizations, if they can filter as much as possible, they will be able to set expectations in the way that they want to set expectations. So, I don't know. I mean, they work with us and a couple of other websites. They work with the guidebooks that um, are out there. I don't know what they are looking to accomplish other than to drive more people to the Walt Disney World website. Am I eligible as a former cast member? Probably not. Let me get a quick look at the requirements here. It's 18 years of age or older, have access to a computer and an internet connection, be familiar with Walt Disney World Resort and have visited at least once in the last 12 months, be fluent in the English language, complete at least eight written responses per week, provide your opinions and feedback, submit an autobiography and personal photo to be posted online, be available to travel to Walt Disney World Resort from December 8th to 12th, 2007, be willing to participate for a minimum of six months, not be a current employee or cast member of Walt Disney World Company, uh, the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries, not be immediate family members of a current employee or cast member of the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries, must not currently reside within a current employer, cast member of the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries. Also must not be employees, contractors, advisors, or, or consultants for and must not hold more than a de minimis ownership interest in and must not serve on the board of directors of any entity other than the Walt Disney Company or any of its subsidiaries which owns or operates any hotel, resort, or theme park located in Orange, Osceola, Lake, or Seminole counties in Florida. So, it's uh, it looks like as a former cast member, you would still be uh, eligible. Hmm. Well, I might have to see if I can be a Disney World mom. And that means I could have an even longer mouse fest vacation. <laughs> now, it's interesting that they are saying that they are going to look to design this to have kids of varying ages represented in the families of the moms. I guess that's so that, you know, they've got the maximum possible scenario, travel scenarios covered by this panel so that, you know, you've got parents of teenagers and parents of toddlers and infants and, you know, parents with large families and small families and so forth. I wonder if they're going to get all the moms together for training during that vacation time. Well, actually, you know, I'm looking at this, and it says be available to travel to Walt Disney World Resort from December 8th to 12th, 2007. But they're saying that they also get a six days, five nights trip in the press release announcing this. I'm wondering if that six-day, five-night trip is separate from the December 8th to 12th trip, and that that might be just a preparation for participating in the panel and taking them around and, and indoctrinating them, you know? Although December 8th through 12th is the same amount of time. No, that's five days, four nights. 
Eighth planet satellite. Oh, you're right. <laughs> so we'll have to see how that works out. Uh, anybody who's listening to the podcast who enters and manages to become a member of this panel, please let us know what your experience is and what's going on there. Okay, moving on. Last Thursday, on the eve of the annual pin celebration, Walt Disney World debuted a new angle on collecting pins, Mickey's Mystery Pin Machine. The first one was installed at the Mouse Gear Shop at Interventions East at Epcot. Uh, Other machines are going to be installed at Disney's Pin Traders in downtown Disney Marketplace, the Tomorrowland Arcade at the Magic Kingdom, Sorcerer's Hat Shop at the Disney MGM Studios, soon to be Disney's Hollywood Studios, and Everything Pop at Mike's favorite resort, Disney's Pop Century Resort. See all the good stuff comes to Pop Century. In each case, it's going to be $5 per game. You get three tries at a climb-the-hill-type arcade game where you move the hill back and forth trying to get the ball up to the top of the hill. But unlike the arcade game, everybody wins. So whether you get it up to the top of the hill three times or whether you never get it past the first level, you still get a maximum of one pin per game. The pin's going to be a randomly selected pin from three open edition pin collections. Each five-pin collection is a set that fits together. They're themed as Puzzle, Pirate, and Disney Pixar. There are photos of them on the Disney Gallery website. We'll have links to them in the show notes. But basically, you get a randomly selected pin for $5, and you get to play the game three times, regardless of how well you do. The machines will accept all major credit cards, as well as Disney's Key to the World cards. Again, it's five bucks, five bucks per pin. So if you're looking for trading pins, then that's going to be really good because you can get a $5 pin and try to trade it for something worth more. And you're going to play a little bit of a game, so that's kind of cool. Yep. Okay. Now, have you seen what's happened to the wand now that it's been removed from Spaceship Earth? There's a video of somebody walking around a site off of Woodpecker Lane, which is one of the roads off of the Epcot parking lot, wandering around all of the structures that have been dismantled from the wand. It's out on YouTube, and we will have a link to it in the show notes. Disney has announced the information for the 2008 Mini Marathon Weekend. So that new information talks about the Women Run the World 15K, the Go Red for Women 5K, and the kids' races. That's going to take place the first weekend in May 2008, with the 5K on Saturday, May 3rd, and the 15K on Sunday, May 4th. We'll have a link to the event website in the show notes. And finally, Disney's Pirate and Princess Party will be returning this coming winter. Most likely it'll be running from January through March again, but we don't have exact dates yet. But we have confirmed that it does appear that the party will return again. If you are going to be visiting Walt Disney World when the Pirate and Princess Party will be showing, it might be worth your while to go check it out because, among other things, it's got probably the best fireworks show that I've ever seen at Disney. So check that out. And you get candy. And and, uh, fake jewelry. Well, depending on which, one you, which way you go. 
No, you can get both. Really? Yep. As a matter of fact, when I went to the second ever Pirate and Princess party last January, I was able to collect all sorts of beads and candy. And on some lines you could get one, some lines you can get another, other lines you could get both. Hmm. So all that information and more is available online in the Walt Disney World Park update, which comes to you each week at mouseplanet.com. For more Walt Disney World news and information, check mouseplanet.com slash Walt Disney World. Back to you, Mike. Thanks, Mark. Now let's shoot it down to Andrew Rich down at Mouse Planet Global Headquarters. Thanks, guys, and hey, howdy, hey, everyone. Andrew Rich here with your Mouse Planet Disneyland Resort update for the week of September 10th through 16th. This will be a pretty short update as not a lot is happening right now around the resort, though you should expect to see construction walls begin to sprout within the next couple of weeks. According to an article in the Orange County Register, AMF Bowling Centers will open a high-end bowling center in the new Anaheim Garden Walk Mall. This new center will be the first in AMF's 300 series of deluxe centers, which offer gourmet dining with an executive chef, private lanes, and concierge service. An interesting interview with Disneyland Resort horticulturist Karen Hedges appeared in the Los Angeles Times last week. The article includes background on how the various flowers and foliage around the resort are chosen and tips on giving your own garden that Disney touch. Heavy metal band Machine Head, scheduled to perform at Downtown Disney's House of Blues, had its show suddenly canceled less than 48 hours before the band was to go on stage. According to the band's webpage, Disney had begun pressuring promoter Live Nation to cancel all upcoming heavy metal concerts and placed Machine Head under a five-day internal review only seven days before the scheduled performance, citing violent imagery, undesirable fans, and inflammatory lyrics. We reported last week that the seasonal Christmas Fantasy Parade would begin November 16th due to the expansion of Disney's Halloween time this year. While the date is correct, we've been informed that the Christmas Parade always begins a week after it's a small world holiday, typically starting the weekend before Thanksgiving. Here are the current and upcoming attraction closures for Disneyland. Riverbell Terrace closed through December 14th for remodel. Casey Jr. Circus Train and Storybook Land Canal Boats are both closed through October 5th. The Haunted Mansion is closed through September 20th to install the holiday overlay. Alice in Wonderland will close October 8th through November 20th. It's a Small World will close October 22nd through November 8th to install their holiday overlay. Disneyland The First 50 Magical Years will be closed September 17th through 28th. And It's a Small World will reportedly close at the end of January next year for a nine-month refurbishment and should reopen in late October. Over at DCA, California Screamin' may open at 1 p.m. Monday through Friday through the rest of fall due to construction for Toy Story Mania. Monsters, Inc., Mike, and Sully to the Rescue will be closed from November 26th at least through the end of the year. Most of the Midway games are now closed for construction of Toy Story Mania, which is scheduled to open next year. And Golden Dreams is closed through September 20th to install the Halloween Golden Screams show and November 1st and 2nd to remove it. As always, please remember that refurbishment schedules are estimates only and that all information is subject to change without notice or reason. That's all for this week. For the latest Disneyland Resort news and information, check mouseplanet.com slash Disneyland. For Mouse Planet Watch, this is Andrew Rich at Mouse Planet Global Headquarters. Mark and Mike, back to you. Thanks, Andrew. Mark. What's going on within the exciting world of the Walt Disney Company itself? Well, ABC and Warner Brothers have cut an interesting deal. It's probably the first ever online distribution agreement 
for TV shows that are produced by one company and aired on another company's television network. Basically, Disney's website will be able to stream the episodes on their website for the first season, and then after that, they will get any future episodes when they air, and the previous season's episodes will stream on the Warner Brothers website. But because they are airing on ABC, they'll still be branded to ABC and linked back to ABC's website. But Warner Brothers will retain the sale rights to all of the episodes. So while Disney can stream them, they can't sell digital downloads of the episodes. So very interesting agreement, and we'll see whether this sets a precedent for future series. In the meantime, the series that are going to be involved in this agreement are Big Shots, Men in Trees, Notes from the Underbelly, and Pushing Daisies. So let me get this straight. My favorite ABC shows I can watch on ABC.com the first season, and then if I want to watch past seasons, I have to go to the Warner Brothers website? If it's a series that's actually produced by Warner Brothers, the series that are Uh, being produced by Disney are completely owned by Disney, and they can do whatever they want with them. So that includes everything from Desperate Housewives to Grey's Anatomy to Dancing with the Stars to Lost to Ugly Betty to all sorts of other series. Okay, I understand. Well, that's kind of cool. I thought so. Okay, our next story, Andrew discussed a little bit in the Disneyland update about how Disney canceled the first night of the Machine Head tour, which was supposed to take place at House of Blues at downtown Disney in Anaheim because they did not want the heavy metal show and the heavy metal crowd to be in downtown Disney that close to the theme parks and all of the families coming through there. However, Live Nation, which was promoting the show, found another location for that show. But the other interesting part is that Machine Head is having a concert at House of Blues at Downtown Disney in Florida on Monday, September 17th. So, while they can't do it at Downtown Disney in California, they can have a concert at Downtown Disney in Florida. Now, this is most likely due to the difference in the fact that one is adjacent to the theme parks and actually between the theme parks and... Disney hotels and the Disney parking area where the other one is off in a separate part of the resort that is generally not frequented by families with kids, especially at a late hour. So while it seems to be somewhat hypocritical, there is a difference in the downtown Disney on the two coasts. Bloomberg News is reporting that ESPN's profit is expected to drop over the next couple of years. Or, excuse me, not that the profit is going to drop, but the increase in profit is going to slow. They've been expanding their profit at a rate of 10 to 20% per year, but with new contracts taking effect with the National Football League, Major League Baseball, National Basketball Association, and NASCAR, 
that are going to raise costs by over a billion dollars a year within the next two years over what they've been previously paying on contracts, that's going to affect the amount of profit that they can pull out. In addition, at the same time as that hits, new agreements with Time Warner Cable and Comcast are going to limit the increase, the annual increase in the cost per subscriber. So while they had been rising from 10 to 20% annually, that's now going to be going up only 7%, a maximum of 7% annually. So we'll see what happens as the income slows from ESPN. They're going to have to find ways to make money off of different outlets, both out of advertising on ESPN, ESPN2, and the other available outlets, plus their online advertising they're going to have to make more money from. So we'll see what happens. Story that's been making the rounds of the internet and offline as well. Vanessa Hudgens may have torpedoed her career at Disney. First, last week, it emerged that there was a nude photograph of her that was taken either for or by, depending on what you've heard, her boyfriend, Zac Efron, started to make the rounds on the internet. At that point, she did the smart thing, acknowledged that, yes, it was her, but it was a private matter and was never expected to go on the internet. And that was at the end, and she'd learned her lesson. She wasn't going to do anything else. And at that point, Disney put out a statement saying that she apologized, it was obviously a lapse in judgment, and they hope that she's learned a valuable lesson. Then, all of a sudden, the story starts coming out that, well, these weren't the only naked pictures that were taken of her. That she had previously sent naked pictures of herself to Drake Bell of Nickelodeon's Adventures of Drake and Josh. So now, all of a sudden, there's two sets of naked photos of Vanessa Hudgens making the rounds. And at this point, Disney's wondering whether there are even more sets out there or whether there might be more sets to come out there. Now, is, with the uh, billion-dollar high school musical franchise riding on the image of everyone, is it going to be a bigger hit to try to do High School Musical without Vanessa Hudgens, or is it going to be a bigger hit to do High School Musical 3 with Vanessa Hudgens and have all the people that are upset by the naked pictures not, buy, not watching and not buying it? And that's something that Disney is calculating right now and also probably taking uh, part of the discussions is... What does Disney want the image of their stars to be? I got it. High School Musical Three, Greek Life. She'll join a sorority. She'll join a sorority. She'll get drunk and lose her inhibitions. No, that'll be High School Musical Four, which would actually be College Musical One. But uh, <laughs> you know, it probably could not have happened at a worse time, because at this point they're still negotiating the contracts with the actors for High School Musical 3. So all of a sudden, 
Vanessa Hudgens has much less leverage in negotiating her contract with Disney. And by the same token, that has hurt the negotiation, the negotiating position of all of the members of the cast. Does she actually date Zac Efron in real life? That's the story. And, you know, Disney had already offered a million dollars apiece to five of the six leads and $2.75 million to Zac Efron, according to reports. But now, all of a sudden, you've got Vanessa Hudgens has now had two sets of naked pictures going around the internet, and Zac Efron supposedly involved either as the recipient or as the photographer, again, depending on which version of the story you've heard. And all of a sudden, the negotiating position for trying to push for more money for the actors has been severely damaged. So it's going to be interesting to see how this gets resolved over the next couple of weeks or however long it takes to get this resolved. I think she has an issue if everyone she works on a project where she's taking naked photos of herself for. There's well, bigger issues supposedly there. The, the photos for Drake Bell may have been before she actually appeared on Drake and Josh. Because that makes it completely legitimate, right? No, but then it would not be taking it for somebody that she was appearing with. It was before she even got on the show. Uh, But anyway, we'll have to wait and see how this issue resolves itself. Some other quick notes. Uh, The Disney Cruise Line was ranked number four in the large ship cruise category by Travel and Leisure magazine. It's the latest in a, in a series of awards that was won by the Disney Cruise Line. It's just another in a series of awards won by the Disney Cruise Line as it continues to win converts. And it will only get better as the two new ships come online, one would presume. Disney has been pushing the Blu-ray format, but apparently one of their flagship DVDs in the format has a major problem, as it's being reported that there are framing issues on the Blu-ray release of Pirates of the Caribbean Curse of the Black Pearl, as certain portions of the frames have been cropped out and other issues are appearing. We'll put a link to... One of the sites reporting it in the show notes, which includes a couple of frame captures, so you can see what the issue is. Uh, But if Disney is having problems with quality control on their Blu-ray disc formats, either they're not paying close enough attention while they're mastering them, or it's going to cause a lot of problems with trying to push that format. Disney is extending their Bollywood connections in addition to their deal with Yash Raj Films for the animated Roadside Romeo. They've just made a deal with Shankar Esan Loy for a, an Indian version of High School Musical, which seems to be made for Bollywood. It should be very interesting to see how that one does. There's also being reported that the third Cheetah Girls movie may be produced in India. So we'll see if that actually is the case or not. In what appears to be the first astroturfing campaign on YouTube, Hollywood Records 
is been discovered to have already signed an amateur artist on there. YouTube has a music videos by amateurs section, and people can go out and post their own amateur music videos, and people can watch them and see who becomes most popular. And Marie Digby has become very popular, but while she was listing herself as an amateur, she really wasn't because Hollywood Records signed her 18 years ago. Supposedly, after they signed her, they gave her a bunch of video equipment like an iMovie-stocked iMac and some other information, and then said, all right, you know, go and record some covers of songs and put them up on YouTube and see what happens with your songs. Supposedly, they had actually even recorded her first album before they did this. And then they waited to see what happened on YouTube. So we'll have to see whether there is a backlash on this subject or not. On one hand, it's deceptive to have a signed artist out there being promoted as amateur after having been given a whole bunch of equipment to produce better videos. At the same time, a lot of signed artists never have their recordings released, and this could have been a way for Disney to see if she could actually win over some fans before they release her album. So it's, it's a question of which way were they going, and in either case, how dishonest was it really? What do you think, Mike? I don't think it's dishonest. This reminds me of Nobody's Watching... Uh, with NBC. Basically, it was these two guys that pretended to live in Ohio, and they did parodies of TV shows because they thought it was really crappy. You know, and they had a website on all on it. But actually, it was NBC paying them to look like amateurs for YouTube. Hmm. And there was actually a pilot made on that subject as it so the YouTube videos would promote their new TV show that never came to fruition. So hmm. similar thing. Interesting. Okay. And winding down the news, just a quick note that the Little Mermaid has finished its seven week preview tryouts in Denver and they sold out each and every performance there. And now they are in the process of breaking down the sets and trucking them cross-country and setting them up over in the Luntfontein Theater in Manhattan. They've got a little less than two months to get the sets there, get them set up, and get rehearsals in the new theater space because previews begin on November 3rd with the official Broadway opening on December 6th. So good luck to the cast of The Little Mermaid. And finally, a real quick wrap-up on the box office as Disney again had no new movies coming out this week. So Underdog dropped a couple of places to 16th, took in $881,000. It's at $41 million total. 
Becoming Jane from Miramax dropped one spot to seventeen, taking in eight hundred and almost eight hundred and fifty-four thousand dollars, with a total gross of almost seventeen million dollars. Ratatouille dropped to twenty-second place, took in five hundred and seventy thousand dollars. It's at almost two hundred and two million. And Pirates of the Caribbean is still in two hundred and eighty theaters, took in one hundred ninety-two thousand dollars. It's coming up close on $309 million. Pirates is safely in fourth place in the domestic box office for the year. It's about $2.5 million behind Transformers, but $20 million ahead of Harry Potter. And since Harry Potter only took a million dollars this week, it's a pretty good bet that it's not going to catch. On the global box office, however, Pirates is still at number one. It's got a $37 million lead on Harry Potter and a $70 million lead on Spider-Man 3. So that's going to wrap it up for the Mass Planet Watch this week. Before we go, we wanted to remind you that we've confirmed our Mouse Fest meet for the podcast. Join us at Disney's Pop Century Resort on Sunday evening, December 9th, at Classic Concoctions in the Everything Pop Food Court for our Hustle Teeny meet, as we fortify ourselves with blue teenies before doing the hustle at Pop Century. And uh, for a full listing of Mouse Planet's activities at MouseFest, go to mouseplanet.com slash mousefest or check out the sticky threads in the Walt Disney World Touring the Parks forum on our MousePad discussion forums. We've gotten a lot of positive feedback on the new format of shorter, more frequent shows. Currently, we have Mouse Station three times a week with short subjects on Mondays, feature topics on Wednesdays, and listener feedback on Fridays. With the Mouse Planet Watch news on Thursday, we're still currently maintaining the series of three feeds, one for Mouse Station only, one for Mouse Planet Watch only, and one for both shows. Based on listener feedback, we'll be deciding whether to merge the feeds and we turn to a single feed with all shows folding Mouse Planet Watch into the main Mouse Station feed. That would still leave us with four shows per week, but there would only be one feed. With the current listener numbers being fairly even between Mouse Station and Mouse Planet Watch, it seems as if there's a great deal of overlap between the shows. Please weigh in on the idea to return into a single feed via email at podcast at mouseplanet.com or by calling our toll-free feedback line at 1-866-939-2278. Don't forget that we love voicemails because then we can play your call in the show. Remember that you've only got one week from tomorrow to get your entry in for our Owner's Locker Contest. Also, visit the iTunes podcast directory, give us a good rating, and vote on the helpfulness of the other ratings. The better we appear in the ratings, the more people will be able to find us. And then the better prizes we can give away. We'd like to thank West Coast correspondent Andrew Rich and sound editor Stephen Ng. We'll be back next week with more news on Mouse Planet Watch. Until then, I'm Mike Demopoulos, reminding you it takes people to make the dream a reality. And I'm Mark Oldhaber, reminding you to live the magic every day. See you next week. See ya.